with the story I just told you, we just laughed at. We're going to talk today about a word we did a while ago. We called it WIPA, W-I-P-P-A. Uh, and then I changed it to, I don't even know how to pronounce that, but um, wisdom, W-I-K-U. Then we added the PPA to it, wisdom, insight, knowledge, and understanding with peace and prosperity and abundance. And as I was and have been standing on that for a year and watching the manifestation of God, because speaking his word brings life. And as I've been, been claiming that I have wisdom, I have insight, I have understanding, I have knowledge of God. Now, God, give me this. God, show me this. God, help me this. God, God, I have that. I thank you that I have wisdom. Somebody say, I, say, I, I thank you, God, that I have wisdom. Say that insight, understanding, knowledge of God with peace and prosperity and abundance. Now, I'm not making that up as a saying. I pulled up the verse. I remember where, where I think it was Psalms, whatever, where it literally said, wisdom, insight, understanding, knowledge of God. And then it was another one. We had peace, prosperity, and abundance. We should seek these things. Anyway, God said, now that you've been standing on that, there's a key component that a lot of us are missing. And based on the word that I did last week, which this will be a continuation of last week's message, he said, you're missing a very important P that you need to now add to that based on where I'm taking you in this season of your life. So we're going to say this is a continuation of last week's message in the subtitle, Add the Other P. And that P is patience. Mm. Well, you have need of patience after you have waited a while, you know. And I and we're gonna go to some of these scriptures and how he talks about how faith and patience work together, faith working with patience. Man, we love faith. Oh my goodness, we just believe, we just speak to the mountains, it's just done. But when I saw him begin to speak to me about patience again, he, it reminded me of that scripture said, but faith working together with patience. Well, faith doesn't work without patience. Wow. So a lot of us walking around trying to have faith without adding the, the catalyst. I'm going to use the word catalyst. Anybody here ever use epoxy? The glue, epoxy, not one person. Okay. Epoxy is the probably the strongest glue there is. It's a strong it because it's not just a glue when it dries, it becomes a resin. It actually becomes a solid material. And if you put stuff together with epoxy, it doesn't, you can't it, it literally becomes like a hardened plastic-like surface, but it becomes harder than the original surface. If you get that stuff on things, it's like like impossible pretty much to get it off. But epoxy has the glue formula and a catalyst. And it's two tubes. And if you put the glue down, it's just like a glue, gookie, rubber surface. It's the other part of it. And if you've ever seen it, I wish I had one with me. Um, somebody, if you could pull it up online, you see it. It comes in the tube that looks like a syringe. 
and it's divided into two pieces, two parts. And half of the, the, the tube is the glue and half of the glue is the catalyst. I mean, half of the, and when you squeeze it out as a tube, equal parts of it come out and then you have to stir them together. And once they become together, once that I mean, once they're joined together, then they become epoxy. It's not epoxy individually. So what am I saying? Either side of that tube is useless until you stir them together. And that's when it becomes unbreakable. It becomes a, 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 a oh my God. Look, if you're if you got a second, you feel like looking up epoxy, I want you to look it up. Because it's, it's you know about it, huh? Yeah, and it's two tubes that you got to put them together and you got to stir that sucker together. And once they stir them together, you cannot separate them. And it becomes an unbreakable bond. Faith and patience work that way. Saying I have faith is half of the equation. But the catalyst to make faith real is patience. That's what makes your faith unbreakable. I'm not saying the faith that you have in the confession you make has no value. I'm saying it's that Satan knows he can break that bond or that glue of faith by attacking it consistently and constantly and coming at it one way and another way and another way and another way. And then now your finances is lacking over here. Now this is turning down your family. And now you're having a problem. This is now your car broke down. And all of a sudden your faith begins to erode. But when it has the catalyst mixed in it, which is patience, it becomes an unbreakable substance. It becomes solid. It becomes that resin now that it's now a property within itself. It's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, mm, what's the word I'm looking for, Lord? It, it's a, it's a, it's its own material. It's its own substance. Thank you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But faith without patience is just an element of who you're called to be. It's not the final picture, and it doesn't have enduring value until you add the, 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 the catalyst of patience. I mean, I could stop the message right there. I'm not going to. I'm going to give you some scriptures. But I hope that what I said to you already begin to speak something to you. If so, let me see your hand. It's already beginning to like awaken something in your inside. Like, I need that. So, oh my Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to um start to give you some scriptures. So here we go. Go to Psalms 3 for me. Let's go with Psalms 3 for starters. We're gonna do a couple, we're gonna do a couple of verses today because this is a very intense conversation and, and a very mature conversation that we have to really, really look at. Um, I believe here that we are strong, mature, adult believers. But even in that maturity, there's still need for us to continue to grow, learn, and mature um, even further. And I don't ever want us to get to the place that we think that we have it to the point that we can't receive anything else. It's a dangerous place. So I'm going with you to Psalms chapter 3. And I want you to see something here really interesting. I'm, I'm going to use the Amplified. And um, say this with me. Say, my patience is growing in him every day. Um, You can repeat that. My patience is growing in him 
every day. I repent myself for forgetting over time that the message of faith is nothing without the message of patience. Psalms chapter three. And before we go into it, I was going to say, Lord, just help us. We believe. Sometimes we have to pray. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We are aware that in our flesh, we have that battle. In our spirit, we believe that you are who you say you are. So we ask you in the season and time, Lord, we believe and help our unbelief. Deal with the part of us that wants to hang on to doubt. And through the course of this message, this message help us gain the patience that we need to stand strong and endure and to the manifestation of Jesus. Amen and amen. Starting at verse one, it's a short psalm. He says, oh Lord, how my enemies have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of me, there is no help, no salvations for him in God. Selah. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and my honor and the one whom lifts my head. With my voice, I was crying to the Lord. And he answered me from the holy mountain. Selah. I will lay down. I lay down and sleep safely. I awaken for the Lord sustains me. I will not be intimidated or afraid of the 10,000 who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked so salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessings be upon your people. Selah. Wow. What a verse. And this is just the beginning of it. But what a verse. When you take a stand or when you don't take a stand, the enemy comes at you. I've heard preachers say a lot of time, if the enemy ain't trying you, that's because God ain't using you. And you know, they come up with a lot of these little philosophies. The enemy tries you when you ain't doing anything. He'll try you when you're doing absolutely nothing. He'll try you with depression and sense, senses of failure. And there's, there's no escape. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He don't take a holiday or vacation. That's not our focus. Our focus is where we are and the fact that he's defeated under us as long as we are in the above place that we're supposed to be. I'm going to repeat that. Satan is under our feet if our feet are elevated to the place that they're supposed to be where he's under them. 
See, we we can't seek to see the greatness of God when we're walking in the place of a peasant or a beggar or failure or defeat in our own mind. So Satan can display himself as a mighty force. He can display himself as greater than. He can even thwart and try to keep you out of your destiny if you're walking in the place as under him. Your position is determined by God and by you accepting it. Satan is only under my feet when I'm walking in the place with God. I want, I want, come on, I want you to take what I just said because this is very serious. Satan is under my feet when I'm walking side by side with God. If I walk in his realm and allow him the Lord over me, he is then that. So he had to acknowledge there are enemies all around me. People are saying of you that there's no hope for you. They're saying to you that your God can't even save you. Some of them are saying your God, you know, I see it online now all the time. People make fun of people's faith by referring to God as your sky daddy. And they, and they, and they make these jokes. Yeah, well, there's no sky daddy that's going to come and save you. And these kind of remarks. And, you know, you, you weak people believing in sky daddy. And every time I see it, I go right on there and say, amen for Sky Daddy. I'm down with Sky Daddy. You know, you know, hashtag Sky Daddy. I, listen, you're not shaming me into not claiming what's rightfully mine. You're not claim, you're not shaming me for walking in the space that God has elevated me to. Say, I am elevated by God, and I will not be shamed. Say it one more time. I'm elevated by God and I will not be shamed. So they were trying to shame David. And they were trying to say to David, there's no help for him, no salvation for him in God. And what they were trying to say was, if you know the whole story behind this, David's mistake, David's shame. This is when Absalom was chasing him and he had to leave and he had to run out for a season. David's shame was great on him. He has suffered a, 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 what would in the natural be a huge and gigantic defeat. And in the eyes of people, there was no redemption for him. There was no God to redeem him. Some of you have found yourself in valleys and places where it may not be as big as what David went through, but to you is just as big at the moment. And it looks like there's no out for you. And People are talking and even sometimes well-meaning family. Why don't you just give up on all that? Just go, go, go get yourself a job in Walmart. I remember one of my people I won't mention, his parents kept saying to them, why don't you just go get a job in Walmart? You're trying to build your own business and pursue your dream. And, and your family's telling you not go get a job, but go get the lowest level thing they could possibly tell you to get. Go stock the shelf or something, you know? <laughs> Wow. Not why don't you go try to get yourself a job as a lawyer or something? Like, no, go, go, go work in Walmart. And bringing you down to the level lower than what you even believe it for. Somebody understands what I'm talking about. And he comes to the realization. Verse three, but you, Lord, are the shield for me. And I'm going to talk about that. 
that verse three into that verse four, I'm going to dig into today. And I believe that's all I want to do today because there's so much packedness. He says, but you, but you, but you, Lord, are a share for me. My glory and my honor, the one who lifts my head. Wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into some of the Hebrew words and break them down in a minute, but I just want to establish this first. It's okay to acknowledge that the pressure of the things and the people around you feel crushing. It's okay to acknowledge that under this pressure, I'm feeling the pain. But that word, but, but I know what the truth is. Hmm. I tell people all the time, I don't mind myself saying I feel. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm losing. I feel like, you know, everything is coming down around me. I have those moments. What's the difference? What did I say that makes what I'm saying different from speaking my failure or defeat? What did I say? What did I say different? I said, I feel. I didn't say I'm I'm failing, I'm defeated, nothing's working for me. I feel, you know, everything is going wrong. I said, I feel. But then I always come back with that but. But the word of God promises and says, and so therefore I say. So let me go here to the to this 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 very, very powerful psalm. Very powerful. Now, now listen to this again. I'm going to read it one more time. And then we're going to break it down. And I'm going to read it from the King James. Because it's so, wow, my God. Lord, how they have increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be that say my soul, of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are my shield, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. So let's take this. Let's go with the word shield. And let me explain why that word shield is important in this teaching. How many have felt that many has come against me? There's many forces or people or spirits, or there's many other forces that are come against me. And it may not be a personal individual, but you may feel like opportunity, everything just like keeps seeming to evade you. Situations keep seeming to like every time you like you're getting close, 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 something comes and snatches the rug out from under you. I felt that. I understand that feeling. But it says, I acknowledge that all of these things are happening around me, but 
you are my shield. I always teach you guys that what comes after but is what the person really wants to say. You've heard me say that before, right? Somebody says, you know, I think you're a great person. You know, I think you're a lovely individual. You know, I think you're kind. You know, you get along with people. But you know that what's about to happen after that is, but here's what, I just put that there to make sure there's some good in the air. But now I'm going to tell you how I really feel. If somebody says, you know, I really love you, but you know, okay, what's about to be said supersedes what was said before. So same situation here. Many are coming against me. There are a lot of obstacles trying to tear me down. There's a lot of pressure on my mind. There's a lot of fears that look to me like I can't win. But then he makes the decision to put something there that supersedes all the what seems to be reality. Are you following me so far? Yes, I'm going slower today than normal because this is so important in the message of patience. I don't mind that you acknowledge what exists as long as you can put your focus on what is to come and what the promise is, because that's where the power comes in. It's okay for you to be human and acknowledge that you're feeling some things, but it's not okay for you to sit in those things. You must put a period on it or that comma in and say, but Lord, you are my shield. So here's why that word shield is important here. Ready? It says a shield, figuratively, figuratively a protector, the scaly hide of a crocodile, an arm buckler, a defense, a ruler, a scale, plus scale and shield. So I'm going to break it down. When you feel confronted, confronted, attacked, vulnerable, some more words I could probably come up with synonyms, but you'll get the gist of it. Our immediate reaction is to shield ourselves. Our immediate reaction is to get tough, to say, I don't care, to go to harden our hearts, to, to, to you know, to run and, and, and settle for something less than what we were believing for. Whatever the case may be, to start to make compromises with the enemy in order that we can live with it. Well, you know, God caused it for a reason. Well, you know, maybe it happened for a purpose. And these are all things that you do to make yourself be able to live with the fact that you feel like a failure. So I don't want to feel like a failure. So what I'll do is I say God has a plan in it. And this way I have to accept something that goes against what God said or against I believe, what I believe, because I'm now going to compromise and say, well, maybe there was a plan. Well, maybe... God did it for a reason. You don't want to hear this conversation? I'm telling the truth. Now you're making a pact with the devil. Now I, this is why I call you giving the devil a backdoor key. Well, maybe it's because I didn't, you know, pray as much this week as I should have. And maybe it's I didn't fast. And, and so what away, what away, what what away? Right away, you're giving the, the devil excuse to be there. You're giving him the right to be there and stay there. You give the enemy a right to, to remain because you're finding a compromise that makes you feel okay with yourself. 
What I just said is pretty deep there. I hope you caught it. He says, but the Lord is my shield. So that means my protection and my excuse and my explanation should be, but you're the protector. This is happening, but you're the protector and whatever has seeped in, you will drive it out. You're the shield. You're the buckler. You're the armor. You're the scales of, of, of protection on my skin. You're the one that hides me from the attack of the enemy. You are my shield. I will not make excuses within myself. I'm going to tell on myself real quick, and I'm going to make this real. So I find out that people have been saying some things about me that's lies, just really just making up stuff um, and, 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 and calling people and trying to drag them into it by trying to kind of slander me. And um, these people are very close to me, so of course, well, were. So of course, it had an effect. And God gave me a word. He said, I need you. You know, he loves to give me the acronyms. And he said, I need you to take Herba, U-R-B-A. And I want you to start confessing every day. I have no unforgiveness, no resentment, no animosity. I mean, no, no, no bitterness or no animosity against anyone. U-R-B-A. I have no unforgiveness. I have no resentment. I have no bitterness. I have no animosity toward anybody. And I had to keep saying it. Every time somebody else would call me and tell me something they said, I would feel, ooh, I'm a, ooh, I'm a, mm, I'm a get them. Mm, mm, mm. I'm a call and tell they stuff. I know they stuff. I, ooh, and God like, nope, 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 nope. Now you becoming your own shield. You need to let me be your shield. So I'd go back to I have no unforgiveness, I have no resentment, I have no bitter bitterness, I have no animosity toward anyone. And my flesh would be like, yes, we do. And I'm like, no, 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 we don't. <laughs> and I have to say it and say it and speak it and speak it and speak it in Jesus' name. As I kept doing it, it became easier and easier. So recently I heard some stuff and I was like, <laughs> hurting people try to hurt people. I don't even say hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. They don't hurt me in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be hurt by hurt people because the Lord is my shield. His word is my protector. So you mean the Lord's just going to jump down in between you and them? If you invite them, but you're going to invite them by his word. You're going to invite them by speaking what he says over what they said. You're going to invite him by speaking that you have peace, even though they come to steal your peace. You're going to, you're going to say, I have peace, even though fear seems to persist and stand in your face. You're going to speak life and you're going to call things what they are as, as though they're not. Those things that be not as though they were. You're going to speak them. So the shield is important because, and I mean, I can stay on this for the rest of the day, but the shield is important because he's saying to you, are you listening to me? Don't defend yourself. Let me defend you. That's what God is saying. Don't, don't argue back. Don't fight back. Don't get in a ring with them and try to wrestle. Don't, you don't even try to defend yourself. Just hold on to your peace and I'll fight your battle and victory shall be yours. And flesh feels like when I feel insulted, embarrassed, shame, that I need to defend myself. I need to speak on my behalf. I need to say something that people understand. It wasn't me. That's not what I did. You don't understand. Let me explain. God said, no, no. Let me explain. You stand behind the shield and let me protect you from the fiery darts of the wicked. Did you get that? Did I beat that in enough? 
the, one of the hardest things for me to do, and this, that's an act of patience, isn't it? This message is about patience. That's an act of patience. I want to retaliate now. God fixed my situation today. No, they talked about me today. I want this thing done now. And God like, no, no. You hide behind the shield and let me protect you from the fiery darts of the wicked. Let me make this thing subside. I remember we had a business situation and um, somebody sent word back that they didn't like me in the way I did business. And my business partner, Lindsay, was so hurt by that. She took it personal. I don't like that people are saying they don't like us. I said, first of all, nobody said they don't like you. They said they don't like me. This ain't got nothing to do with you. This ain't even your problem. They don't like me. And I'm good with them not liking me because I don't like the way they do business. And the way they do business is tacky. And they're going to do business with us. And they're going to do business right. And they'll be back. And they'll be back on my terms. It wasn't seven days later. They came back. They did the deal the way I wanted to do it. And like me or not, they cut the check. And the check is all alike I wanted from them. I didn't need them to personally like me. I like that check. So it, it, that revelation was I did not care enough about how they felt about me to get me out there in front of the dots. I stood behind the shield of I stood on a principle. And they don't want to stand on principle. And that's fine. But I'm going to stand here because I know that this is where God told me to stand. And however they respond or don't respond cannot be my concern. Matter of fact, can we please not even talk about them anymore? Because I don't want my mind to keep going back and forth until I know I'm strong enough to face them. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to you right now. Sometimes you have to withdraw just so you can get your footing. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to block the number. I'm going to do what I need to do so that and just to I know I've sat before God long enough that the reality to me is I'm not moved by what they say. And then I'll come back out and face you. And I'll come back out and face you. And you'll talk and I'll look at you. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. And that's how you feel, huh? Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I am now protected by the Holy One. So say this with me. I don't defend myself. God defends me. Say it two more times and with conviction. Children, we all admit that's a rough one, isn't it? That's a rough one, especially if I can defend and I know I can win. I know I can beat them. I know I can handle this. It's good to say, God, why don't you protect me when I don't think I could beat you? But if I know I can beat you and I still got to hold my breath and hold my ground, that's not fun. But, boy, the victory is so sweet. Because God will work it out where that person who was your enemy becomes your footstool. They come and bow before you say, I'm so sorry for what I did. Is there a way I can help you get what you need? And, and I shouldn't have done that. And I know I was wrong. And I'm and you want to say, yeah, you doggone sure was. And I go like, it's okay. I forgive you. It's all good. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rocking. We're we good. And God could take that person that the enemy tried to use to shame and slander you and use that person, that same person to promote you. Come on now. I mean, like I said, if I don't get past this verse today, I'm fine with that. But I want to make sure we understand when all seems like failure, patience says, I let God be my shield. I let God be my protector. I let God get between me and that situation. What about if it's lacking his financial? It doesn't make a difference. 
You God can take a person that's in poverty. I'm a living example of that. And over in 24 hours, turn them from poverty to totally successful. In 24 hours, don't tell me he can't do it. If he could put bottles on top of a dumpster, he could do that. My life is proof of that. I know it's proof. Okay. This is the way my God works. He does that. He likes doing the fantastic. One day, Israel was slaves in Egypt. Next day, they're standing at the Red Sea with all the gold and wealth and, and all the prosperity of Egypt in their hand as they wait to cross. Don't tell me, don't tell me it can't change overnight. How you go from being a slave to a billionaire literally overnight? I don't know if it could, it could be that. You know, it takes time. Well, then, then let that be your confession. God is my shield. He can do whatever he wants and any time he wants. And I just have to let him do his job and keep my stinking hands out of it. Amen. God, can I let the shield thing go now? Well, we, he said, yeah, but we're going to come back to it. They said there's no help for him. In their estimation, from their critique of the whole situation, are you listening to me? They looked at your credit. They looked at your credit rating. They looked at your bank record. They looked at you, whatever, and they said, there's no hope for you. Not even God can help you get this house. And God said, let me be your shield. Man has already decided based on their knowledge what you can and cannot do. And if you agree with them, they will be right. But if you let me shield you, I'll make things come to pass and deals get closed that nobody ever expect could happen. Why am I speaking like that? I'm in a situation right now where I'm looking at this property that I believe God told me to buy. And I'm like, God, I don't have $6.5 million. I don't care if they do drop it to $5 million. In the natural, I don't have that. But you do, and you know where it is. And it's an apartment building. It's not no house. I'm trying to get no big $6 million. No, it's an apartment complex. But it'll be my first one. And God told me to go pursue it. And I did. And everything is flowing the way it's supposed to flow. But of course... All of this stuff comes up, and I don't know how you're going to be able to pull that one off. You're not going to be able to do that without this, and there's, there's no way you're going to be able to do that unless you bring people in and you give them like 80% of the project. And Yeah, you watch what my father does, because I'm going to trust his word over what the word of man says. Man will sit down and he will decide. Are you listening to me? The world will sit down and decide for you what your limit is. They do it all the time. Your education levels, your this, your that, your this, your credit, your score, your this, your... Listen, let me tell you something. They don't have the last word unless you give it to them. Lord, what say you? And sometimes the Lord say, I just need you to sit patiently quiet behind my shield. Oh, that spoke to somebody. I'm just going to be still and be quiet behind the shield. I'm speaking that over you right now. A spirit of peace and tranquility and comfort to rest on each and every one of you right now. I don't care what the situation is you're facing. I don't care what issue is coming against you right now telling you that there is no hope. I'm speaking it over you. Peace, tranquility, ease of mind and thought that we believe that you, Lord, have us. As Jesus went up to the hull of the boat and went to sleep in the storm, Father God, we get behind your shield and we take a nap. We rest in you. And we trust you to protect us and bring us out the other side with peace and ease. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Do you get behind the shield in verse four? And it's where we're going to wrap it up today. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he what? He said, I think about it. He was busy. Took him a while to get back to me. He said, I cried and he heard me from his holy hill. Say he heard me. So watch this. I cried. Lord, can I start down this road? Because this is this is a lot of stuff today. I want to just leave this as an anchor. This is good and we'll pick it up. I cried out to the Lord. Yeah, I remember when I was there. I just cried out to God and I called on to him. I said, God, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. That is not the definition of the word cried here at all. Wrong, 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 wrong. This is not a pitiful, helpless plea for his assistance. Why would you be crying out like that if you're behind the shield? Okay, you're behind the shield, you protect it, what you're crying for. That's not what the definition of cry here. So I'm going to give you the word in Hebrew, what that word is. It is not to cry the way we know how to cry like a blubbering baby. It's kara is the, the Hebrew word, and here's what it means. You ready? So when you see I cry to the Lord going forward, get off your little bottle in your mouth, cry baby, hoop on yourself, come change me God mentality. That's not what this is. That's not how you cry out to the Lord. You, are you listening to me? The word to cry is to call out, to recite, to read, to call out or proclaim, to utter aloud, and it goes on and on. What he's basically saying is in those times when you feel like there's no way you get behind him and you shout at the top of your lungs his promises, you shout at the top of his lung what he said he would do, who he said he is, you proclaim, you say it loud enough for the people on the other side attacking you, but you shall not prevail and you shall not win for my God is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he takes care of me, and he protects me, and you shall fail. That's cry. That's cry. When you cry out to the Lord, you cry out according to what his word promises. You cry out to the degrees, decree of his of your faith. You cry out to the fact that I'm already shielded, so I have nothing to be worried about. And I'm telling you right now, I'm making a proclamation that you shall not win. That's cry out to the Lord. So going forward, if you feel beat and whipped, Get before the Lord, say, Lord, give me the strength and the patience I need to stand. I'm getting behind your shield because right now that's all I have. Your word is all I have right now. I don't have, I'm looking at all my resources and they seem to have dried up. But my God, oh my God, your resources have never dried up and they never will dry up. So I'm going to get behind the shield of that. I'm going to get behind the shield of that you are my protection. I'm going to get behind the shield of that you have never, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. I'm going to get behind the shield of my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. I'm going to get behind that shield and I'm going to buckle down 
I'm behind it and I'm going to decree at the top of my voice the very promises. I'm going to cry out in a proclamation for the world and everybody to hear me to say, well, I don't want to be saying that stuff. I want people to look at me like I'm stupid, like I'm some dumb Christian. You better, you better get behind the shield and cry it out. And you know why it's important you do that? Let me tell you why it's important you do that. Because if you don't, you have no testimony. When you get behind God and you stand and you cry out for them to hear and they laugh and they laugh and they scoff loud at you and then it manifests, you say, I told you, I told you. You heard me say it. You heard me say it. Okay, you can try to say you don't believe God you are, but you, well, well, it must just been a, 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 whatever. Yeah, well, when you stand before the pit, when you stand before the throne of judgment and you cast into the pit, God will show you this recording of this day that you heard me say it, I proclaimed it, and I spoke it to you, and you lost, and they lost, and I won, and that's because of my God. You heard my proclamation. God is your shield, baby. He's got you. You're covered. And behind that shield, you find the strength to regroup. And when you cry aloud to the Lord, you cry aloud what he's promised. You cry aloud his benefits. You cry aloud how good he is. And you cry it out loud enough. You proclaim it loud enough that everybody around you can hear it. And then that day comes, even if you forget what God did, those people who once laughed at you will remind you of what God did for you. In Jesus' name. And amen.